Mac Jones is ripped. The Celtics may actually trade for Kevin Durant, and The Ringer has a new Boston show. I'm Brian Barrett, the host of Off the Pike, the show covering all things Boston sports. I'll have shows multiple times a week covering your favorite teams and with your favorite Ringer and local guests. Plus, maybe Bill will stop by to rant about the Sox. Follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. And today we are doing a mailbag. It's a bonus episode for everybody. We're just going to jump Woo-hoo. right into it. Woo. I want to start right off the bat with uh, an email we got from Austin who says, am I crazy to take Justin Jefferson first overall? DK, <laughs> is that insane? I mean, there's varying levels of insanity. He's our number three ranked <laughs> player. So it's not that crazy in, in reality. Um, I think based on the way that we've done our rankings and everything that we've talked about, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor on a, or are on a tier of their own. However, if you're really wanting to play it safe, like just don't take a running back, right? Because they always get hurt. There's a line at the end of the first Lethal Weapon movie where Mel Gibson is staring down uh, in the rain at Gary Busey for this final fight. And he goes, what do you say, Jack? You want a shot at the title? And if Christian McCaffrey plays 17 games, you'll probably make the championship. So do with that what you will. But if mm. you want to play it safe, I have no problems with you taking a Cooper Cup or a Justin Jefferson first overall. I went through and looked at all the running backs who were drafted in the first round last year in fantasy drafts. And here's how many games each of them missed. McCaffrey missed 10. Dalvin Cook, four. Derrick Henry, nine. Kamara, four. Zeke somehow missed zero, but he was banged up the whole year. Nick Chubb missed three. Aaron Jones missed two. Jonathan Taylor missed zero. And Saquon Barkley missed four. There were three of those guys who finished in the top 10. Shocker, it was just, uh, Jonathan Taylor and Zeke, the two guys who didn't get hurt. And my point is, is that wide receivers don't get hurt. Last year, the guys who were drafted in the first two rounds at wide receiver, Devontae Adams, Tyreek, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, all of them but one missed less than one game. So if you want safety in the first round and you want to guarantee yourself that you're not going to screw your team, take Justin Jefferson. But if you want to, if you want a shot at the title, you take McCaffrey. <laughs> Here's how I look at it. Cooper Cup, Last year, in PVR, was the number one player. If Justin Jefferson has a Cooper Cup-esque season, you're getting the number one player. I think the odds are that he's yeah, probably not going to Yeah, but if McCaffrey plays 17 games, he's yeah. the number one player. Well, that's what I'm saying. The odds, the odds that Justin Jefferson has a, a Cooper Cup-style season where he wins a triple crown and has like a historic season, I would say are not as high as the odds that Chris McCaffrey manages to stay healthy and like just dominates your league. But the so. odds of your running back missing five games due to a hamstring or a knee injury are pretty high. Well, it's a personality test. We've been saying all year. The, yes. The first pick, the Myers-Briggs. Like, so on our latest yeah. rankings at fantasyfootball.thereno.com, we actually moved Christian McCaffrey up to number one on our latest because we've been saying forever that the top two guys, McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor, it's a personality test. McCaffrey, as Craig said, going for the title. Taylor's safer. But if you want to be safer than Taylor, I'm totally fine Justin Jefferson for two reasons. One, sometimes it's worth stating the obvious. The reason the top running backs are getting hurt the most is kind of simple. 
by the nature of what we do with fantasy football, the reason that those guys are in the top five are because they're getting the most touches. Like if the people we're putting in the top five are running backs that we think will touch the ball like 300 times. And so that's the most chance to get injured, especially because they probably touch the ball that much enough that we're trusting that they will happen. So they're the most primed to get injured by nature Two, whether you're going to take Jefferson or not. I just want the definition of a reach is very simple. Sometimes we get emails like this all the time of just like, am I crazy to do this? Am I crazy to do that? I think there's a very simple answer. It's only like truly a reach if you take someone who would be there when your next pick curtain around. So like at the end of the day, we're just predicting the future. If you want to take Justin Jefferson with the first pick, he's not going to be there when you pick at 20. You know what I mean? Like, so like do it. It's, it's if you take, want to take Mike Evans, that's a reach because Mike Evans will be there. That's kind of less true in the first round because you're losing value. But like at the end of the day, we're predicting the future. If you want Justin Jefferson, go for it. I also think with Stafford's arm kind of being the way it is, I feel even stronger about Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup as our top receiver as well. I don't know if you guys are concerned, but there's, you know, more word from the Rams that Stafford's arm is a little weird. So I, I think it's totally fine if you want to take Justin Jefferson. I think it's so funny how much uh, psychology goes into this. We had the idea. I don't remember if we've talked about it on the show or not. We're kind of giving away a million-dollar idea here, but we wanted to do a draft guide designed around, number one, you have to take the Myers-Briggs personality test and (laughs) discover what, like, so I guess I'm looking at the Myers-Briggs. We will design your rankings around your personality. (laughs) Guarded, optimistic, (laughs) defiant, (laughs) compliant, carefree, worried, decisive and ambivalent. Which one are you? We're going to (laughs) bespoke rankings. Can you imagine the fucking, like, how annoying and tedious it would be to make those uh It's like getting rankings? a suit. We'll come in, we'll take your measurements, and we'll give you your rankings based on who you <laughs> the are. The fantasy tailors. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So, Austin, no, it's not crazy. <laughs> All right. We got one from Walter. Walt- he Walter. Says, Walter. Which top 20 running back has the best chance to make the leap and become a top 10 running back? And he, as an unabashed Lions homer who is heavily drinking the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid while watching Hard Knocks, I feel like DeAndre Swift has the best chance based on opportunity and skill to make that leap. DK, I'm curious who you would answer for that question, which is basically another way of saying of what running back not in the first round this year will be a first rounder next year. DeAndre Swift is a good one just because the way that the Lions are set up is like they have a good offensive line. In theory, they're going to be playing from behind a lot, so there's going to be a lot of passing game action. So I think that's a good one. Um, we really like DeAndre Swift both this year and last year, so that one makes a lot of sense. Javante Williams is up there, clearly. Um, if it ends up being Melvin Gordon is a clear-cut backup, then Javante Williams is going to skyrocket in value. Yeah. Um, you know, guy like Travis Etienne, who's very explosive but unproven, hasn't really played in the NFL to this point. Um he could be the DeAndre Swift of this year. This year, this is the thing we've been saying all offseason is basically picture Travis Etienne in the DeAndre Swift role for the Jags this year, and that could happen. So those are a guy, those are a couple guys that come to mind. Who else are you guys thinking? Well, if you want to go a bit deeper, because Javante and you know DeAndre Swift are are kind of fringe round one, round mm-hmm. two guys. They're kind of fringe right. top 10 guys already. If you want to go deeper, you could say that Clyde could finally make uh the leap this year with. Uh, you know, not having, was it gallbladder surgery? What did he have? Yeah, I think gallbladder, and he lost like 30 pounds or something. Right, so, you know, this is Clyde's third year with the Chiefs. big and- gallbladder he had. <laughs> hey, oh, that was a dad joke. Doctor joke there, yeah. And then, if you want to go a little bit deeper, you could even throw out Rashad Penny, to be honest. I mean, the guy was the best running back in the league for five weeks. I know Russell Wilson's not there, but if you want to talk about somebody who could put together uh, another really good year and has the talent to do it. Uh, Rashad Penny, who's going like in the mid twenties for running backs right now in drafts. Uh, he, it could be him. Yeah. I think Javante's probably the answer for talking about 2023. Yeah, that's easy. I mean, he's already like what he's like the running back 13 or 14 in most people. Exactly. Rankings. It's like, yeah, I think dark horse guy outside the top 50 Clyde. If, if Clyde just is really good and the chiefs kind of remake their offense around power running, which is more Clyde's deal. I think yeah. That'd be really interesting. All right, we got a ton of questions about auction drafts, salary cap drafts, whatever we want to call them these days. Oh, like a lot. And I know that sometimes we always talk about rankings in our linear fashion of like this player's 30th ranked and we don't really talk about dollar values. So we want to talk about auction values. A lot of questions. We saw your questions. So we want to just start with like auction 101 here of like things that work for every year. And then we're going to get a little more specific on like auction stuff for this year. So just kind of an overview for auction drafts. Obviously, you're just paying money and bidding on players instead of just a snake draft. One, I just think an auction draft, your actual thing you're doing is focusing for a really long time. Like <laughs> Take some Adderall. Actually, yeah. Yeah. You just need Adderall. Three-hour-long 
process. You're waiting three hours and you're basically <laughs> just trying to find like the 20 second span where the other nine people don't pay attention. You get a player randomly for $5 less. Somebody's <laughs> got to go eat at some point. Yeah. They got to get up to go to the bathroom. Pounce. Pounce on that opportunity. So Stars and Scrubs is a very popular auction strategy. I think that, uh, I don't want to speak for you guys, but it's very popular. I'm a big believer in it. Like you, Basically, even though the numbers look crazy to see $60 for Justin Jefferson, they're generally worth it to pay that money, and then you can get pretty good players for not that much later. Um, another general thing is everyone's extremely anchored to the little numbers beside the players' names, because at the end of the day, you actually have no idea what to pay for these people. So if the computer says that Austin Eckler is worth $54, it's kind of funny to see people get really afraid when it goes to 56, but pretty like no one will ever stop bidding at 45 because that's what the computer says. And so you want to look at either our rankings or another website's rankings to get like a gauge of what players are worth because you don't want to just like have the specific website you have dictating all the prices. You guys know what I mean, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of my rules for auction drafting is to find players you like more than, than consensus and spend for them. So my example this year, yeah. and I did this in my auction draft is Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, yes. if you look at Yahoo's projected price is 35 bucks which puts him at like the RB11-ish range price-wise, 35 bucks. But if you like him more than that, like let's say you like him as maybe a top seven back or a top five back, be willing to pay for him as if he's a top seven or a top five back, which according to Yahoo's 52, which is $17 more than 35. But the beauty of it is that you're not gonna have to pay 52 because everyone's gonna see 35 on Yahoo. And then when you start betting 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, people are gonna back off because they're gonna go, oh God, he's $5 more than Yahoo's telling me to. And you'll get him for a discount you know, to where you actually have him ranked, which takes me to my second rule, which is I'm calling it the numbers that end in zero mental block of auction drafting. <laughs> I'll bet you notice at your auction drafts that a lot of players go for 29 bucks, 39 bucks, 49, 59. It's because people are afraid yeah. of to breach that new digit. It just looks different. The difference between $39 and $40 just feels larger <laughs> than the difference between 35 bucks and 36 bucks. We remember a month ago when we thought we were like, oh, what's advertising? This and is the like, latest yeah, segment and here's how advertising works. $39.99. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do yeah. not be afraid to break through that new digit if you want the player. <laughs> Everybody gets weird when 39 pops up. No one wants to go to 40. It may sound dumb now, but you will notice you're going to feel the urge to lay off. When a guy's yeah. at 49, you don't want to go to 50. Do it. I think this is like the big thing and it's very difficult to get over if especially if you're sort of a frugal person in real life like it's okay to spend a lot on players. Well, <laughs> you that, know? what you just said is so key. It's actually really important to be self-aware. How do you spend money in your real life? If you're someone yeah. who just like blows money, then be aware of that and maybe if you're on the fence, err on the side like just err on the side of spending less. And yep. like Deke said if you're really frugal, err on the side of spending more. Like you should actually be aware of how you're you're spending as a person. Fantasy wise, the other thing I think that's crucial is like you got to use tiers. It's maybe even more important in an auction than a snake draft. We have tiers on the fantasy guide. If you go to fantasyfootball.thereal.com and you click on the positional tab, you'll see our tiers. And the reason you need tiers is because you want to track how many players are left in a group because basically you kind of want to go into a uh, draft with a plan of like, I don't know, I might spend like 90 ish on my running backs. Yeah. You know, 90 on my receiver slash tight ends and then I'll have 20 for maybe quarterback but then you need to adjust that as things go and so if you have tiers you can be flexible as DK or well really um Skippy once said to me DK very wise woman <laughs> yeah you have to know what you can compromise on and what you cannot and that's really <laughs> the point of tiers yeah because like for example this year I really would love like to get Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or even Trey Lance but I know in my heart I can compromise and I'll actually be fine if I spend one or two dollars and get Kirk Cousins. I'm fine with that. But if I have to do that for running back, I'm not happy with that. Like I need one of the top 15 running backs. I maybe I really want two. And so yeah. I can compromise with getting two, but I have to have really one of the 12 running backs I want. And so you have to know that for every position. That is exactly what I was going to say, too. It's like, basically, I do think it helps a lot to go into your draft with a specific plan. Not necessarily like you have to get every player you want. But I think you should have some plan ahead of time on the t like how your team is comprised, like what your team is comprised of. So if it's a super flex league, do you want to go and get two of the top 
quarterbacks. Like that's going to cost you a big, huge chunk of your money. Um, if it's a one quarterback league, you probably want to like shell out on having two really good running backs or something like that. Whatever it is your strategy is, you need to, I guess, identify that and then go in and not be afraid to overspend, quote unquote, overspend on a couple guys that are in your in the tiers that you're targeting. Does that make sense? So like I did a, an auction draft the other day and I went heavy on quarterbacks and I went heavy on um, one running back and one receiver. So I basically had two good quarterbacks, a running back an elite running back and elite receiver. And then I filled out the rest of my team with just a bunch of randos. And by the way, you'll be surprised at the end of these drafts, how many guys you still really want and you can get for like one or $2. Yeah. That, that was going to be my final point is, you know, Hyph has talked about like, what is your spending habits in real life? If you're not the type of person who likes to spend a lot of money and you don't want to drop $70 on McCaffrey and 42 on DeAndre Swift and then be left with 80 bucks for the rest of your team, you can go the other way and it works. You know, Cooper Cup is listed as 55 bucks on Yahoo. Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, Mike Williams, and Brandon Cooks. If you add up all of their prices on Yahoo, that equals $55. So you can get all four of those guys for the same price as one Cooper Cup. There are... There is tons of value in the middle rounds of auction draft. Everybody gets excited. They blow their load and they spend a bunch of money in the first like hour. <laughs> and then you're going to literally see guys like, like a Jerry Judy go for two bucks when Cooper cup went for 58. Yeah. And yeah. Is, is Jerry Judy one fiftieth of the player uh, Cooper cup is no, obviously not. So if you want to wait, I personally, my favorite strategy I, I've learned over the years is to kind of just sweep up a bunch of the $20 guys. Get your one guy that you want, if you want Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry, whoever, and then you can really be patient, let a lot of guys go for that next hour, and then you can fucking clean up the Brandon Cook's Mike Williams category of the draft. I think that's kind of stuff that works for every year. And I'm curious, I guess that's Craig's strategy at receiver this year. For this season in particular, like approaching auctions this year, I'm flex. I'm probably most flexible at receiver because what Craig said, I want to vacuum those guys up. I think the way I'm thinking, just an example for like this season, I I really, like in an ideal world, I want a, a rushing quarterback somewhere between like the Lamar Jackson of the world to like Trey Lance, I'll settle for Kirk Cousins. I want two of the top like 15 running backs, like exactly what Craig said. Like maybe I'll spend like 90 bucks on running, 80 bucks on running back. If I could get Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley, two guys that you could might be able to get for like 40, 45 bucks a pop. I think they're both undervalued. If I can get those both for like 85, 90 bucks, I'm happy. If I could get Christian McCaffrey for 60 or 70 and then like Travis Etienne for 20, I'd be happy for that. Like $90. You see what I'm saying? Give or take. But the flexibility comes in when uh, maybe all those top running backs, everyone freaked out and overpaid for them. If I end up like I would be able to compromise on that second running back if I get Mark Andrews at tight end, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so I guess I would encourage people to think about what's your version of that. If I, I will overpay for Trey Lance by like $7 this year and I don't give a shit. I, you know what I mean? But you have to know, okay, I missed out on quarterback, but now I have more because I'm going to spend $1 on Kirk Cousins. Now I'm going to be even more aggressive about, I want Justin Jefferson and I want AJ Brown and I want X, but I'm fine to have a shitty tight end because I wanted Dallas Goddard and blah, blah, blah. Basically you should have like a loose budget and be either have a spreadsheet in front of you or at least be vaguely aware of like how your money's allocating, but you really want to know what your floor is at each position. And like, DK, I'm curious who your guy, like for this season, I'm curious what you could like compromise on versus what you could not for like this year at like running back or receiver or wherever. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I, I, I think we already kind of mentioned this, but like a guy like Saquon Barkley, I'm willing to shell out a little extra money because I just want that, you know, I'll sleep better at night knowing I've got a running back that could really have a three down workload kind of deal. So like targeting one of those three down workload running backs that are going to have, they're not going to be sharing a backfield, blah, blah, blah. You're not, ex you're not like basically relying on coaches <laughs> to put in your guy X amount of times per game. Like that just gets so annoying throughout a season. So um, I know that this is reiterating a little bit what we said, but yeah, just like targeting one of those tier of running backs and getting them is important to me in those types of drafts. Um, and then, like I said, you know, you get like one elite receiver, but there's so many receivers that you can scoop up value on. I feel pretty confident just like, kind of like punting on that position a little bit till later in the draft. Um, and yeah. I, th I think what Heifetz said at the very beginning is actually the most important advice is focus for three hours. God, it's hard. It's, it's like, it is hard. It's especially hard early when it takes like 
an hour and a half to get through the first like 10 guys because they're all like the most like highly sought after guys and the bidding keeps going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You kind of forget that as the draft goes on, they become much more quick and, and it kind of goes quickly. But man, yeah, it's tedious at the first, it, like the first hour and a half, I'd say is pretty tedious because, you know, you got guys like, even if guys like you don't have any interest in, it takes like 10 minutes for them to fucking bid through these players. Well, and that's the other part of it is that like in my auction draft, I had no interest in drafting Clyde Edwards Hilaire this year. And then he was there for $5. So I got him. You got to pay attention. Exactly. too. It's like, yeah. So, so I just, um, this is a life thing. I just got a cat. And nice. this is big. I, I, Congrats. I, I, email me at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com if you have any um, advice on fostering cats. We're trying to make it more comfortable. <laughs> He's like, advice, this cat. don't foster cats. We also, no, we also need a name for the cat. It's tentatively named Sam. We love the cat. Nice. Uh, I, I, I'll tweet a picture of it. Oh, I got, I got a great name for him already. Ready? Funk. In honor Ooh. of Funk Davis. Funk That just cat. bring up bad memories. Call him Funky. Well, funk. It, it's going to be a joint decision. <laughs> It's got to be a joint decision with my girlfriend, so maybe we could bring her on. She could judge some names. I got a dog. You got a dog? Oh, yeah. Wait, how's the puppy? George. He's doing great. He is... Well, we don't really know what he is. We were told initially that he is a uh, Irish wolfhound mix of... Irish wolfhound shepherd mix. But now there's some doubt as to what he is exactly. There's like some... uh, I mean, I can't even remember. Pyrenees. There's a bunch of different like breeds that they think he potentially could be. Uh, But bottom line, he's awesome. He looks, he looks cool. He's really big. He's going to be, I don't know, probably like 80 pounds once he grows up because he's like 20 pounds already and he's four months old. Um, very chill dog. Very good with Calvin. I'm trying to remember other things. Got a very like soft coat. Love him. He's the best. Adorable. We'll, we'll tweet pictures of our animals. We, ha- we, had a, we had a dog, Lola, for like a very long time and she passed away last year. Um, and so this is kind of, we're, we're, we finally had the mental fortitude to like get a new dog and kind of like, Calvin really wanted one for a long time too. So yeah, it's exciting. I love the name George. I love human names for dogs. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I liked Sam. But I, before we lock in Sam for the foster cat, I wanted to just kind of get a a tap into the audience. So the reason I brought this up though, was I've never been around cats and it's crazy how cats will like, if they're going to pounce on something, first of all, they're just like a little hunter assassin in your home. It's insane. Wild animal. You ever seen a cat that's going to like or cheetah pounce and it's like so still and it just like waits and waits and waits. Yeah. And then boom, it just goes. And you kind of have to be like that in an auction draft because you kind of have to sit still and be extremely patient. (laughs) You do. But then when your moment's there, you just got to strike like lightning. And so I feel like we're always talking out of both sides of our mouth. It's like, be patient, be patient. Also, when it happens, just go for it. But that's it's really both. You have to be like a cat. Also, don't tell your friends the players you are interested in. I know it's fun to talk fantasy, but don't do it. I told all my friends, they listen to this (laughs) damn podcast, how much I liked Michael Pittman. Couldn't get them. They bit them up. Don't tell yeah. your friends who you like. No, do it. Just lie. Or lie. Or lie. Yeah, lie. Lie. You could lie professionally. Say and you love Antonio Craig, Craig, Gibson. you could just lie for three months before your drafts go. The whole pod's a long con. We don't even like any of these players. <laughs> <laughs> just try to win um, in fantasy. Mike Davis was a prank, and you guys are all fooled. <laughs> I, I was taking Mike Davis. Okay. So to bring this all home, I, I, just to, because we had so many questions about auction drafts, and I feel like we probably don't talk about it as much as we should. The other part of this that's important is like the players at the end of the draft are so important. So I honestly kind of feel the, my approach in auction drafts is kind of the same as snake drafts, but you can be even more targeted. So like I would love to get six receivers in the top 50, but then when at the end of the, like the rookie receivers, like the Elijah Moores or, or like the Garrett Wilson's on the jets, the Drake London's, those guys are like five, six, seven, eight bucks. You want those, but like the dollar players, yeah, the running backs, I kind of like to stockpile them at the end. Like Kenneth Gainwell for the Eagles, is a, you can get for maybe a dollar. Maybe a Michael Carter for the Jets for a dollar. Maybe Rashad Penny for a few bucks. That's a starter for the Seahawks. Damian Pierce for the Texans might be like a couple bucks. And so if you manage to have like five or six like really elite receivers and you have your star running back, but then you kind of just throw darts at the board and try to hit on starting running backs at the end, like the Tyler Algiers or the Falcons for like a dollar. Those guys are so valuable because you can plug them in, but also three weeks into the season, everyone looks at the roster and wants to trade for a running back. And everyone's like, no, no one wants to trade the running backs away. And if you have the surplus running back value, that's always, it, it, it's like the te- like $10 to throw darts at like three or four bench running backs always is worth like so much more like three weeks into the season that I love to litter my, my bench with high upside running backs. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, you, know, you do kind of forget that like trading is legal in these leagues most of the time. 
you know? Well, you do because you're in 23 dynasty leagues. And now I understand because we're doing a dynasty league with your friends <laughs> and they're all offering you like, I'll give you a 17th round pick swap to move up 12 spots. And I'm like, can you speak English? <laughs> It's yeah. literally like more complicated than being an actual GM drafting a startup <laughs> dynasty draft. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those listening, I got Craig. I, I roped Craig and Heifetz into uh, doing a dynasty league. Finally, all three of us together. And uh, yeah, it was really funny because I think for both of you, like the startup draft was a big change compared to like most drafts, right? Like the, you have to keep these guys forever. There's so much goes into it. You, know, you like want to win now or win later? Out, yeah, figuring out your strategy, figuring out how much guys are worth, how much each uh, pick is worth. Yeah, it's a lot. I went full Joe Lacob, and I, I plan to win now and later. So mm. Win forever. Hey, Craig's lightning, light years ahead of all of us. Okay, so that's our auction stuff. And then lastly, I guess the last thing I would say on auction stuff is honestly, paying up for tight ends is nice. Yeah. yeah, and I kind of think Dallas Goddard to my floor. He's the, he. I was gonna say I got him in this draft that I was talking I, about earlier. It, he was like the. I gotta go. I, if I'm gonna get a tight end, I gotta get at least Goddard or better. That's who I got as well. No one's ever gotten a discount <laughs> on like Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts in a draft. If you do, great, fantastic. But like Dallas Goddard's the guy where it's like you know what he's probably gonna be underpriced in every platform. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Spring is here and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. That's all our auction stuff. If you have more questions than that, email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. And you also can see our auction prices and our tiers at the at, at our draft guide. Okay, we got a question from Ryan on PPR players. And he just Ryan. says, who are the players? Ryan. Ryan. Who are the players at each position of the biggest swing in where they should be drafted based on whether you have point per reception or just standard scoring? Which is so, zero points per reception. Yes. So for quarterbacks, if you're in a standard league where you have zero points per reception, quarterbacks are actually worth, all worth more because as a percentage of total points, they're actually much higher because all the catches aren't points. So that's a good thing to know. And then really, I think the biggest swings on the pass catching running backs, like guys we expect to catch a lot of passes this year are valuable in PPR, obviously. Aaron Jones mm -hmm. for the Packers, DeAndre Swift for the Lions, Travis Etienne for the Jacks, Corderell Patterson for the Falcons, James Cook for the Bills, yeah, Austin Eckler for the Chargers. Naheem Hines for the Colts. And so J.D. McKissick. Of, you can just forget about him. Exactly. So like in a PPR <laughs> league, yeah. a guy like Austin Eckler is much more valuable and probably drops lower in a standard, but still in the first round. And then there are guys that are like off the map, like Naheem Hines for the Colts. If he's like the pass catching back is worth a lot, but basically almost undraftable in a standard league. And the flip side is in a standard league, no PPR, Derrick Henry, Damian, you know, Damian Harris, Elijah Mitchell, Brian yeah. Robinson, Nick Chubb. Those guys are all worth more. So that's that's the short answer. Is it's knowing about the receptions of the running backs. Is there anyone you would add to that list? Kind of same with receiver. You know, there's like your deep ball guys who kind of don't rack up as many catches. You're kind of like your Brandon Ayukes. And then there's the possession receivers like your Hunter Renfro's who do a lot better. Yeah, Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro are not worth very much in a standard league. <laughs> Jacoby Myers is like the classic don't draft in standard leagues because he scored like two touchdowns ever on like, I don't even know, 200 catches in his career, something like ridiculous. Um, yes. You got to, obviously you got to look at that. You, like in, in PPR, the slot receivers in general, a lot of times are, are sort of like they hoover up targets, hoover up catches, but maybe aren't scoring that many touchdowns or, or making big plays. And they're just less valuable in, in standard. Okay. We got another email from Joe. He's asking about Joe. who's in a four. 
Joe. Joe. He asked about he's in a 14-team league, and he asked how strategy for draft changes in a deeper league. I have a couple thoughts. I'm curious if you guys have any. Go for it. So I think that in a deeper league, you I think a star running back or two is probably more important because you're just not you're not able to count on getting one off waivers as much as you are in like a 10-team league. Mm-hmm. I think the the gap at tight end is bigger because having an elite tight end to me is more important. Having a star quarterback to me is probably less important. Like in a 14-team league this season where there's 13-ish, 14-ish quarterbacks that are probably like perfectly fine, I would probably be more willing to wait on quarterback for this year in a 14-team league. More important to me get two of the top 14 running backs if I can and then just get a, get a Mark Andrews or a Kyle Pitts and just try to get a tight end and not just relegate yours. Cause like, man, trying to find a tight end off waivers if your draft guy doesn't work out in a 14 team league is gonna be brutal. And then just hammering receiver, like for the whole thing, and basically get star running backs, get a good tight end, wait on quarterback, and then just hammer receiver for like basically seven picks. And that's the way I would try to build a team this year in a 14 team league. And also know your rules. It's really important to know what we were just talking about, if it's PPR or not, to know if Naheem Hines is, avail- is valuable or whatever. Also, I think handcuffs are even more valuable in deeper leagues because they're less likely to be on the waiver wire. So, like, you want to make mm. sure you have Alexander Madison on your team if you have Delvin Cook. You want to make sure you draft your Kenneth Gainwell-type players just so you don't have to add them uh, or they won't be on somebody else's team. They'll, they'll be on yours if somebody gets injured. Do you guys like playing in the deeper leagues, 14, 16 teams, or do you prefer 12, 10? I've only ever played in 10 and 12. I, I play in a 14-team league. It's just it's a different vibe because, obviously, the, the player pool gets so diluted and um, your team doesn't feel as good. Okay, uh, we got a question here from a guy named Bill Simmons hmm. who wants to know when is Heifetz going to admit that he's only seen like 25 movies in his life? Uh, he actually sent the Ringer Fantasy Football <laughs> Gmail account that email. Did that is re- real. Did he really? I thought yes. he texted you. Wait, do we have this? <laughs> yeah, I found it. No shit. Oh, that's funny. It's from his email. He sent it in and that's, that's all it is, is that line. Um, <laughs> so Heifetz, I, I think this is the perfect time to announce that we're going to be doing our another As Told By episode this week and we are going to be doing it on the movie Step Brothers which Heifetz have you seen Step Brothers? I have not there it is I'm excited to do it God, I'm ex- I'm not like I avoided it on purpose I've you're just in the never... 1% of people in their 20s who hasn't seen Step Brothers yeah. and it's not like I don't love all the other Will Ferrell movies and can quote them like till like I was gonna say cows come home, but that's like a thing old people say. But I, I don't know. I think I I was so embarrassed by this that I was trying to think why I hadn't. And I don't know. I really I think part of it's because it was R rated and it came out when I was in eighth grade. Mixed with for whatever reason, like that I don't know exactly my, the type of movie an eighth grader yeah, does right? everything <laughs> well, possible no, to see. My parents brought me to The Departed when I was in fifth grade, and like I sat between them, and that was like a terrible movie. And so I think that they overcorrected and stopped letting me see R rated movies for a while. And then I don't know. My friends, I don't know. I just like. I, I, we just always watched Talladega. We always watched like the other Will Ferrell movies and it just somehow never happened. I don't know. I feel like the 40 year old virgin right now. <laughs> You're in for a treat. It's like grabbing a bag of sand. Like a bag of sand. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. We're going to have Step Brothers this week. That'll be fun. God, this movie is just, it goes completely off the rails in a great way. It's just, I, I feel, the, I love the parents the most in this movie. I cannot wait to watch this movie. Again. Elite Adam Scott performance <laughs> as well. And Catherine Hahn. I don't God. know that much and I'm kind of happy about it. Oh my uh, God. Okay. Pyfitz, could you do a little disclaimer first and then people driving in their car with their kids can turn it off and we can like insert it at the beginning of this this segment? Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll do this right now. Um, parents, if you are <laughs> listeners with your children, uh, highly recommend pausing. Now. We're just turning it off. Or turning it off. Just skip ahead five minutes. We got an email from Andy on. Uh, Andy says that he lives in Scottsdale, Arizona, which Andy. is the Bachelorette Party capital of the West, which is a title I've just made up. And for Sounds his right. league, for his league's draft order, he says our plan is to go into Old Town Scottsdale on a weekend, and we're gonna they're gonna ask a Bachelorette party to assign them their draft order. Andy is asking us, I'd love to get some input from you guys on how you think this group of women should rank our league to determine this year's draft order. <laughs> this is this is potentially going to go very awry. Uh, what do you guys think? So if you want to be dirty about it and get down in the gutter, I think you should do, I think you should get the girls to <laughs> order the draft based on who they think has the biggest to smallest penis. <laughs> Just based on vibes. Just based on vibes. Not looks. Has nothing to do with looks. Just kind of 
Just the overall, like basically BDE. It's just BDE. Just based on the color of their aura, who has the biggest dick? I like that even better because I was gonna say that they should all just submit like a like a hinge profile and they should all like swipe left to right, but that's even better. Because that could get mean because then it's like everyone, oh, all the girls this think this kid is mean. ugly. Well, no, because it's all me, guessing. Like, he, he looks, looks like, like he has a, a very tiny dick. penis. Like that one affects us. <laughs> this guy's micro penis. At least it's guessing. At least it's speculation. Literally <laughs> based looking on at your face, you look like you have a small penis. Isn't like, that better than going say. looking at your face? Your last because your face is ugly. <laughs> is that how a hinge works? Isn't that the whole point of dating? Yeah, guys? but who wants to be told uh, they're ugly? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you don't know who's swiping. Craig, your let me ask you: Would you rather be told you're ugly, or would you rather be told you look like you have a small dick? I'd rather be told I look like I have a small dick. <laughs> That okay. is the, well, of course. <laughs> it's speculation. <laughs> oh my god! I was. It's funny because like a lot of dudes don't really have any sense of what pictures they should put on their profiles, and I'm pretty positive that like a dude's idea of like, oh, this is the picture I want to show them to make them think I have it's PDE. Like me flexing is gonna on a boat with a beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna be like how um, women perceive PDE. Also, I think the girls are gonna get creative. They're gonna like. Add some sleeper picks, you know, like the skinny guy who's got a big penis, the Pete Davidson of the group. Like, they're not just going to pick the ripped guys. I'm telling you, it's they're going to get creative with it. BDE. <laughs> when BDE became a thing like a few years ago, I was like, it was so funny to me, like, especially like the the women at the office who were just like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what this is. And I it somehow came up in a conversation with my mom and she was like, BDE. And I was like, yeah, it's like big dick energy. She's like, what's that? And I'm like, well, for example, <laughs> um, my coworker well. says the golfer Brooks Kepka has BDE. And my mom was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly what that means. <laughs> it's essentially like, just confidence, you know? Yeah. yeah. Charisma, if you will. I, yes. I would watch a game show. Of, I would watch this game show. If, if Andy, if you do this, can That's you document it? Because I actually want to hear what they say. They should get, yeah, they should get a group of men to come on sh a, a game show and women have to guess who has the biggest penis, but it's like, you know, it's like a deal or no deal situation, and it's always surprising which one is the winner. Oh my god! Well, depending how you verify that, you're gonna have to depends what channel you're gonna be on, right? Well, maybe Craig, uh, are there like briefcases involved here, like a dick in the box kind of deal? Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting somewhere. I just, just keep thinking about all here. the nice parents who emailed us about like listening to this podcast, and I always think about these moments. All right, we got an email from um, a guy who identifies himself as Kenny Tiny Hands. Kenny, tiny hands. He says, first, I saw that Andy Greenwald on The Watch, which is a ringer pod of ours, went into a solo countdown of the top 10 Bluey episodes while Chris Ryan was on vacation. Wow. And DK, nice. you were not part of it. This is like Batman ignoring the bat signal. <laughs> uh, I want to do this list, but I can't do it off the top of my head because I don't remember it. I'll be honest with you. Calvin hasn't watched Bluey in like, I don't know, eight months or something like that. He got over Bluey. And he's so mature now. he's What's really he into now? the show called All Engines Go. It's about Thomas the Train. Uh, really fucking catchy theme song, by the way, which I sing constantly. DK, do you feel familiar now uh, and well versed in the Thomas the Train like lore? Are, are you like mm. a Thomas the Train expert? No. The my, movie, my knowledge the is the essentially lore? the canon. There's, there's a there's a train called Thomas. By the way, this reminds me, someone, <laughs> someone, there's a funny tweet where someone took like a picture of a book from Thomas to train the book. And it was like, Thomas turned around and then the person just tweeted, how? <laughs> like, <laughs> and then there's just like an entire like tweet thread of like thousands of replies of people like digitally creating ways in which Thomas could turn around. <laughs> like. On track. It's like the most unhinged thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you should look that up. That new movie, Bullet Trains, weirdly, there's a there's like a subplot about Thomas the Thomas the Train. Isn't it Thomas the Tank Engine? Yeah, it's definitely Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. There's a whole subplot in that movie Bullet Train about it. Check it out. Did you guys have that wooden train tracks thing when you were a kid and you could like have the train tracks that like yes. you could like you, oh my god. I know exactly what you're talking about. Man. Legendary toy. Okay. Kenny also asked that since Craig and I aren't on Daddington Island here as uh, fathers and we don't watch Bluey, he was wondering if we're still young enough to have used the apps. And if so, what is like the running back equivalent of things that's like an automatic like swipe left? Like, like you know, if, like a guy's like under. Yeah. Like if a guy's too short, some women will just swipe left. Like what's the running back version of that? I swipe left on players who are fresh off an ACL injury and I swipe right yes. on the talented players who are on the year after 
they had that ACL injury. That's my kink. Swipe left on sub 200 pounds. Oh, yeah. Spindly receivers. <laughs> no, thanks. So, Craig, you health shame and decay, you body shame. Mm-hmm. Too skinny. I like him thick at receiver. <laughs> okay. Sorry, DK. Too, too much. <laughs> oh, that's the line, not that, the that was too much. Calling a wide receiver the, thick the is too much. Size guessing game. And this, this was I, I mentioned too my mom agreeing that Brooks Kepka has BDE, but you know what? Right, calling <laughs> CD Lamb not thick is a problem. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Email from Peter. PD. <laughs> PD. Uh, I was going to be named Peter, and then my dad said that that was a, a synonym for penis, but then that kind of yeah. like went away in the 21st century. It's not like a thing anymore. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, your dad's right. I like the name Peter. Peter says, I, Peter's probably like happy we read his email and they quickly got like unhappy that we talked about that. Sorry, Peter. Uh, Peter says, I love, first of all, I love the sound effects after the Fandle read, and it made me think of turning on <laughs> Grunt Birthday Party in Halo 3. Shout out Hyphen to that reference. Thank you, Peter. Peter also says that his league this year is doing a twist on the Waffle House punishment. You know how we had that Waffle House ad that everyone was mad at us for because it played too much? Yeah. Where the guys, the punishment was 24 hours in a Waffle House, and then you have to eat every waffle you eat takes an hour off the total. So his league is not doing a twist on that. It's 12 hours in a dive bar, and every shot of Fireball takes an hour off your total. Mm. And I'm curious Seems what dangerous. ratio, how, many, how would you guys play that? I actually put some thought into this. Here's my strategy. <laughs> Like, unlike everything else he says. He says. Um, I think you should go in, during the day when there's a sports game you want to watch on. And you go to the dive bar, because I'm assuming there's going to be a TV, and take about six to seven shots during <laughs> the game, throughout the game. About a okay. three-hour game, you're taking like two DK's an hour. DK's eyes just went like, whoa. <laughs> two an hour. That's not insane. Not two terrible. an hour for the game. The game is about three hours long. So that is six shots that you took in three hours. So now you only have three hours remaining uh, on your time. Perfect time. Go sit in the corner of the booth. It'll be like 4 p.m. Go for a noon game. Take a nap for the final three hours. They're not going to wake you up. It's a dive bar. Yeah, they will absolutely <laughs> throw you out of the bar if you fall asleep. Well, it depends on That's the bar. That's how it works. If it's a busy, if it's like a busy day bar and people are just like watching games and you're just like kind of like. Oh, head on the, the shoulder busier the booth? bar, the more likely you're going to get thrown out of your sleep. Look, I have fallen asleep in many bars. You always get thrown Wear out. Wear sunglasses. Ooh, that's good. Simple. Let me tell you, you Wait, 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 wait. We can't at Bernie's, guys. Come on. I like how Hyphen said you always get thrown out when you fall asleep. As if you, <laughs> How many times have you fallen asleep in a bar? I have fallen asleep at many bars. I've fallen asleep many. at clubs. It's, yeah. Clubs? Are you like... Are, you the, are actually 80 years old. <laughs> Well, the, so the thing is, it's like many. I want to. I want some context on what so, many is. Are we talking like a hundred? I actually can't um, get over that you've fallen asleep in a club, which so any is the loudest I'm, music on the planet. Well, no, it was not like that kind of club, but like it, basically, there was a th there was a thing last it was a year. Golf club. <laughs> <laughs> basically, it was like we did the boozy brunch, which I'm kind of just done paying like forty dollars for bottom for like eggs and stuff. But anyway, we did the boozy brunch, and then we just kept going all day. And okay. there was no like post day drink nap thing. That and then yeah. we just went out at night and it was, and then so, it's like two in the morning and we're at a club and they had a very nice chair and I sat in the chair and I fell asleep and all my friends gave me shit. Describe the like, club. What is the club? If um, it's not a club. It was, <laughs> we need it's, no, it's not like a story. dance club. No, no, no. Club. It's just like, it, it's, they call it club in the name, but it's more like an arcade bar, but it was like two with a dance floor and it's like cool. And like, so bottle it, it's service. Like, there is, yeah. It's so like oh. it's a club, but like it's not like what you're thinking. It's like some raucous dance floor with like fucking flat like strobe lights, and I'm just in the corner. But fell asleep, and everyone's giving me shit, and the bouncer wakes me up, and my poor girlfriend has to be like, "No, no, no, he's not um, drunk. He's just a loser," and that didn't work, <laughs> and we still got kicked out. But the point is, I was just like, "Dude, I've been drinking since eleven in the morning. It's now two in the morning. Can I just be tired? Is that not allowed?" I mean, no. If it's the right dive bar and you nod off in a booth, I bet you they let you stay. You're gonna or no, you're gonna or. Tell the bartender. Be open about your what you're doing here today. Maybe they'll let you sleep. Catnap. Catnap. Watch a game, get ripped, go to sleep. One day I'm going to give you guys my pitch for like my my terrible Shark Tank pitch for like a whole bar thing where you could fall asleep in a bar. Uh for another day. We got an incredible email about ice cream to settle like this Hagen Dazs argument we were having. Can I just yeah. say nothing makes me happier than it it feels like we are constantly like living in front of a jury. Because the second <laughs> our pod ends and goes up, 
We immediately find out who is right or wrong or what people think. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. wonderful. Thank you to everybody who responded it's about our It's kind of like just a group of people who are, settles your arguments with your friends. It's <laughs> yeah. really convenient. Also, by the way, and this is a good segue to this email, but like, I love how creative some of our listeners are. Like, they'll, they will go to pretty like far lengths to come up with something super fucking creative. Yeah, correct. You want to read this so one? Thank you for that. Sure. This is from somebody who goes by Mr. Bell. He says, hello, old buddies. Mr. Bell. I, lo- I loved your debate of what qualifies as an elite ice cream. And I agree with all of you to a degree on your impressions of Hagen dazs Parentheses, I've held down my A key to get those. Oh, sorry. I'll cut that. Um, <laughs> Hagen dazs He's doing the umblots over the Hagen dazs <laughs> That doesn't need to be umblots. He'll read whatever's on the prompter, folks. Honestly, um, just keep that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Give people a little window into How the How do you pronounce Hagen dazs with the umlaut? Hagen dazs Hagen-Dazs. Fucking kidding me? I don't know. No, that's the how they want you to pronounce it. Hagen-Dazs. Correct. I don't know how to pronounce an umlaut. Sorry. You are you already do <laughs> is my point. <laughs> Hagen dazs is essentially the Mason Dixon line of quality ice cream. It has some of the simplest ingredients and is a notch above the budget national brands and store brands. Danny is right that the high fat content is often associated with overall quality and richness. And then he Hyphens goes on. Is, yes. Uh, yeah, Heifetz was right. He says, I think uh, they were more of an elite brand 15, 20 years ago before the rise of artisan ice creams, but they are still worth a scoop. Price-wise, they tend to land roughly in the middle. The high-end brands are a good 30% more, while budget brands tend to offer far more ice cream for less dollar. So I was right. I said Haagen-Dazs is middle of the road. And it is. This guy knows a lot about ice cream. What happened to Heifetz was right like 30 seconds ago? You're right. You were right <laughs> about the fat content. I was right about where Hagen dazs stands in the in the ranking of ice cream. Quality. I'll admit you're probably right in that I think Hagen dazs has more prestige with older people, um, people like over yourself, forty, than it probably dude. does under forty. Yeah, because <laughs> people who fall asleep in clubs love Hagen dazs. <laughs> uh, well, he also, I mean, Mr. Bell here also had an incredible. He kind of went on and actually we asked jokingly if people could compare ice creams to cars, and he did, and it's yes. an unbelievable list. He says so. He goes through them. So he says. Jenny's ice cream is Porsche, Salt and Straw's BMW, Van Leeuwen is Mercedes, and Cool House is Audi. Talenti, I mean, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Talenti, which is very good, is Lexus. Bluebell, which I've never had, is Acura. <laughs> and then we go Hagendoss is a Mazda. And he says, shouts oh, out wow. to Craig Man, and his CX5. The fact tough. that Mr. Bell remembered and knew that I drive a new <laughs> CX5. Bonus points to you, Mr. Bell. <laughs> um, Blue Bunny, also I've never had that, is Subaru. Ben and Jerry's Volkswagen. Oh my That's god, that really is incredibly good. accurate. <laughs> Jerry's Volkswagen is unbelievable. It's like from like Vermont, that. you know, people driving Volkswagens. That's so uh, funny. Tillamook is Honda. Turkey Hill, Toyota. Eddie's and Dryers is Ford. Briars is Hyundai. Oh, that wow. one really that resonates. And Baskin Robbins is Chevy. Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> Just good old fashioned American ice cream. Unbelievable. Holy cow! Shout out, Mister Bell. That is an unbelievable email. Bluebell is accurate. Just fucking kills me. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ben honest, and Jerry's. I haven't tried like a lot of these. I haven't even heard of a lot of these ice creams. I've never. Yeah, heard I don't of know Turkey what Hill. Um, Cool House is. Turkey Hill sounds like an, an alcohol. You don't know Cool House Heifetz? That's all over LA. Turkey Hill is definitely a, like a more East Coast thing. I think. Mm. I just stick with the Ben and Jerry's. I'm a VW kind of guy. Oh yeah. What is what is everybody's favorite on this list? You're a Ben and Jerry's guy. Yeah, big time. Well, I'm 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 freaking out the game now because I'm like newly lactose intolerant. <laughs> out the fucking game. Well, do you ever go dairy free? Game. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, ben, ben and Jerry's was easily my favorite before. Um, I mean, Jenny's is great, but Ben and Jerry's is like unbelievable. Like the this the what's that flavor? The um the I used to love half baked, but then That's the Jimmy good. Fallon Tonight Dough is like half baked on like steroids. It is unbelievable. I uh, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I think Ben and Jerry's is just fucking way too much. <laughs> money or their whole shtick there's just too much in it there's too much in it it's like a, it's like chaos in there that's it's what I like, like about it it's like a candy store was shoved into your vanilla ice cream I don't like it <laughs> so you don't like I love debris in my ice cream that's the thing yeah. I like to sift for gold my favorite yeah. ice cream on the planet is a scoop of high quality vanilla oh for crying out loud damn straight baby there's nothing better <laughs> if vanilla wasn't white in color if it was pink everybody would think it was an awesome flavor but it's just boring because it's white and the name vanilla well the irony is we say like vanilla is like boring but yes. vanilla is actually very valuable and, it's uh, an amazing flavor if it had a different name and a different color I swear we'd think it's like fucking I don't know what cookies and cream <laughs> no we like cookies and cream because there's chunks of cookies in it 
Yeah, but that one's that one's just like it's like Oreos and vanilla kind of mixed together. I'm okay with that, but it's I don't like when it's like <laughs> cheesecake bites with chocolate covered potato chips and Swedish fish. Oh, see, it's I like, love that. That's incredible. Jesus, that's too that's much. unreal. Yeah. It's no, it's so good. That's like that you just described the Colbert flavor. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I love fudge chunks. I love cookie dough, uncooked. No. I also kind of like like the bat. Like love me the cake. Well, cake batter is a little kind of like gimmicky, but like the brownie batter Ugh. or oh my god. That's Dude, nasty. This reminds me of Calvin eating because there was one point where I literally almost started gagging because he was eating pitas dipped in hummus with ch- uh, shredded cheese and pickles. That doesn't sound that bad. That wasn't Are as you bad. Fucking as kidding me? Isn't he pita with hummus like, is super normal? Fine. Pickles is still kind of normal, and then some cheese. Oh God, it was terrible. You had to be there. I was just my baby cousin who turned one, and he just has this like bib that catches all the food that falls and so he was just eating from that that got all the food that he like dropped from the last two days that's what i thought you were gonna say ben and jerry's is like if the if the will ferrell character from elf made ice cream (laughs) yeah that's that's yeah it's just these two vivid imagery and i get it yeah pop tarts and syrup on your spaghetti with chocolate syrup (laughs) too much i went skiing in vermont once and we like drove in the snowstorm and we and we drove by on the way up or back i forget and we drove by a ben and jerry's factory and we went in hoping it was open and it was closed but then we realized that it was closed and no visitors were there so we just did donuts in the parking lot in the snow and and there was this like four-story tower that just said dairy like this little (laughs) nose unbelievable i thought you were gonna say you broke in and stole ice cream Oh, I wish. That would have been cool. Okay. That's what we got. Thank you to everyone who emailed us in. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have a name possibly for my cat, that would be great. I'll tweet out a picture. I want you to see the cat before you throw out the name out. That would be ideal. Email me at mm. ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com for the cat name. Um, shout out to you, Ken, getting a dog. Thank you to everyone who emailed us in for the mailbag. We're going to have two more episodes this week. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Orange G. Regulators. Nailed it. Hyvitz, what's your favorite Muse song? Mace, what's his name? You got the name wrong? <laughs> Dude, a lot of people gave a shit for that. A lot of people were like, damn, that was, it was one of those like, you sling mud, you get dirty. This is all of us look bad in that conversation. Somebody actually tweeted at me during the show and it said, he said, Mace left gospel, signed with G Unit, went back to being Murder Mace. It was a huge flop. He's also in the middle of a huge publishing rights discrepancies oh. as an artist and manager. Interesting. We're going to, our narrative pod on Mace. Just a little follow-up to that story. Come out next fall, yeah. Just maybe next episode you'll name Mace song. I'm never going to do it. I won't, because once I do that, I'm opening up the floodgates of you just like to be like, name name five songs. And I just don't want you to be able to do that. The point has already been made. Goodbye, everybody.